Saturday, March the 12th, we have just two days that remain in the conference tournament portion of the NCAA basketball season. At this point next year, we will, uh, next year, at this point next week, we will be previewing teams that are trying to make it into the Sweet 16. So that's crazy to think about how quickly things move in college basketball. Within one week, we will have all the conference champions crowned. We'll have the entire NCAA bracket selected. We'll have the play-in games on Tuesday, Wednesday. Thursday, Friday of next week will be the first round. And when we sit here at this exact time next Saturday, we'll be talking about who is one game away from being in the final 16. So this next week is going to be nuts, fellas. A lot of fun. Yesterday was one of the crazier basketball days when there are literally games all day, all night. I think we had in the 40 range. Today, we've got things really narrowed down in a lot of the major conferences. We've got Brian Beho here. We've got Eric and we've got Leo. And uh, fellas, let's make some money for ourselves, for all the folks out there as we go from the Big Ten and we'll go through all the major conferences and take a look at the lines. Beho in the Big Ten, we are down to four that remain. Indiana, Iowa, Michigan State, and Purdue. Iowa has looked as good as maybe any team in the nation over their last couple of games. Offensively, they've been incredible. They have uh, they can score at an insane clip. So they're uh, this game opened last night at around six or so. It's about five and a half right now. Total in this game, 144 and a half. It's crept up from 143 and a half. Do you have any opinion on Iowa, Indiana? It looks like Indiana probably played themselves into the tournament with their two wins over the last couple of days. Cause they were, they were on the outside looking in, but that win against Michigan, who was also a bubble team, then you beat the number one seed in the big 10 Illinois. So I'd imagine right now, Indiana's probably in. Yeah. Indiana could kiss my ass. Uh, if we're <laughs> just being honest here, um, <laughs> I, I'm so irritated with the way Illinois played yesterday. I, you know, I, I know Eric, I, I, I'll give credit. Eric called this on the show the day before that the winner of that Indiana Michigan game would be yeah. Illinois. Um, I thought if it was Michigan, it was a better shot, but Indiana did. And, and look, dude, I mean, Illinois has to at some point realize that their team goes as the cock burns, if you yeah. will. Like, get him the ball and let him score and do his thing. They didn't do that yesterday. Like, it's like they went away from him for big chunks of the game, and then it's like, oh, shit, we're in trouble. Let's go back to Cockburn. He gets the ball, and uh, he scores, and, and they're back in the game, and then they go away from him again. It made no sense to me at all. Very disappointed in that. However, you said it best. I don't know that there's a team that I've seen this week that looks better than Iowa offensively. Yeah. I mean, they I, I think maybe it's just the maybe it's just me hoping, but gosh, Iowa Purdue in the championship with the way that those two teams offensively are, that could be a real, real fun game to watch. Yeah, so I'm I'm rolling with Iowa here. I think in, like you said, I think Indiana did punch their ticket yesterday for sure. Um maybe they have a little bit of a okay, we're in, we can relax yeah. a little bit and uh and I'm, gonna is, with, I'm gonna roll with I'm gonna roll the Hawkeyes here. Another day, another instance where it's gonna be a third day for them in a row, right? Whereas yeah. I was just gonna be playing on their second day in a row. So maybe today it starts to catch up with Indiana a little bit. 
after those two tough games. And now you have a team that like for Indiana, think about what they're going to have to be doing on the defensive end against that team offensively, right? Your legs might be a little heavy after two days. And now you got to chase this team around. That's really, really efficient on the offensive side. And I'll tell you this about Indiana too. What is it that is it Jackson Davis? Their their big man down low. That guy has played incredible two games in a row. I mean, Look, I didn't know he had that in him. That guy, that guy can ball. Eric, uh, you uh, were able to make some money yesterday in the Big Ten uh, in a couple spots. Actually, I think you had uh, you, you called the Indiana. I uh, you called the Indiana win over Illinois. You also called the Michigan State um, cover over Wisconsin. So while we have you, kind of give us your thoughts on both of these two uh, Big Ten semifinals today. Um, I went with Indiana plus the six and plus 225. Real um, conflicting style to where Indiana's going to look to slow down the pace. Iowa's going to look to get out and run. Uh, last time they played, they only played once. Jackson Davis, he had 18-11. I just don't think Iowa's got anyone that can really guard him down low. He's averaging 22.5 for the game. Xavier Johnson, ever since that loss against Rutgers, his game has stepped up a lot. He's been playing a lot, um, a lot better ball. For the Hoosiers, they also have the home court advantage. I mean, they're playing in Indiana. That place is going to be rocking. And the key stat is Indiana is 17-3 and when they shoot over 42% from the field. Iowa allows 44% for the year. So, I mean, this Iowa team I don't think is that good defensively. They got the huge benefit of the whistle yesterday when you when you rewatch the game. So, yeah, I'm here on Indiana all day. Indiana for uh, Eric. How about for you in this game? Leo, finish us up. Yep, uh, I think Eric nailed it. One thing that we haven't talked about a whole lot is that Indiana literally has home court advantage because it's being played in Indiana. And Biho, I know you mentioned how Illinois needs to figure it out and get the ball at Cockburn. Um, Indiana's figured that out with Trish Jackson Davis. I mean, this dude has yep. been a superstar since he walked on. Since he walked on, he's been fantastic all year. He's playing out of his mind. And frankly, I think this line is kind of bolstered a little bit because people have seen how good Iowa's been offensively the last couple games. At some point, they're going to go cold. Uh, I'm with Eric here. I'm going to take Indiana and the points, and I'm going to sprinkle on that money line as well. I was said. See, I, I thought the line was. I thought the line was a little fishy as well because I think Indiana's played two great games, and I was shocked to see it at this much, even with Iowa playing like they're playing. So I, I don't know. This should be a fun game to watch for sure. Yeah, I think I might have misspoke earlier and said that Indiana was playing the third day and then Iowa wasn't, but Iowa beat Northwestern. They were the fifth seed. Then they had to come and beat Rutgers. So they're both in similar situations where they've been playing multiple days. And so maybe that doesn't uh, impact Indiana versus Iowa. You know, like they've been running around with the, you know, huge, huge offensive outputs and that maybe will, uh, will weigh on their legs also. But yeah, just from a pure of what we've seen on the court standpoint, they have been as impressive um, over the last few days as, as maybe any team we're watching. Does that sustain? It's always funny, right? When in small sample sizes like this in the next week or two, would you rather, you know, you played so well, is, is it going to be the opposite? Are you going to come today and lay an egg and maybe be flat? Or are you just going to be hot for about a week or two? You know, you just don't know. It's, yeah. it's, one, it's one of those two and you and- ride that wave. And, you know, now that you say that and, and both teams are playing third game in uh, three days and legs being tired, do we take a look at the under 144 and a half here? Well, especially because it's now creeping up and everybody's yeah. talking about Iowa, you know, this juggernaut offensively. They look so good. How many people are going to want to go under there, right? That's that's where everyone's thinking over, over, over. 
It's just like what I was saying. The talking point is if Iowa wins, we'll get Iowa Purdue in a game that, man, they could score 180 points in that game. Who knows? So <laughs> you're right. It's sometimes you just got to zig when everyone else is going to zag. And uh, that's the first of the two semis in the Big Ten today. Eric, let's start with you on the other one. You're a Michigan State guy. They play Purdue. This game is right not, not too far off, uh, similar number. This one has kind of crept up. I think they were both at about six last night. The Iowa game went down to about five and a half. Purdue went up to about six and a half. Over under in this game, 141 and a half. So are you going to continue to ride the Izzo train with Michigan State today? I, you know, I got an alert on my phone that I got up to seven at one book. So I locked in Michigan State plus seven plus 250. Um, just looking at the matchup here, Michigan State is the second best three pointing three-point shooting team in the Big Ten. Purdue is 229th defending the three um, bottom in the conference. They don't cost many turnovers, which is Michigan State's kryptonite. Also, Michigan State's got size. I mean, there's only a couple teams in the Big Ten that actually have size that can play against Purdue and um, Illinois, and Michigan State's one of them. They got Bigham, who's seven foot, and they have two six tenors in Marble and Cisco that can battle inside with Purdue. And um, let's not forget, it's March, and Matt Prater <laughs> is awful in March. Like this guy, I don't know with how much talent Purdue has had. This team drastically underperforms. So there's that there. I, I just like Michigan State. I'm going to ride the hot hand plus the seven, plus the 250. Leo, Michigan State, Purdue in the other Big Ten semifinal. So when Eric was saying, oh, it's March, I would have put a lot of money on the coach that he references would have been Tom Izzo and not Matt Painter. Uh, yeah. That, it, it's what Izzo does. I mean – they're just some things that are unexplainable. I don't think Michigan State is all that good this year. But you know what? It's March, and here comes Izzomania. The guy has figured it out once again. This team's actually playing well. Like, I watched their game yesterday. They really dominated Wisconsin throughout that game. And like Eric said, they have the size to deal with Purdue. Purdue's not very good shooting the three. Michigan State can shoot it. They have a few guys that can. Um, they played a couple weeks ago. Sparty was able to keep it close. I'm happy to take the six and a half here. Beho, uh, what scares me a little bit about this game is that where Leo is getting at, I don't think Michigan State's that good. Now, I don't think Purdue is anything great, but Purdue's like a version of their game. Offensively, they can be really, really good. And Michigan State, you know, like, so it's one of those things where I think like Purdue plays really well. Michigan State doesn't play that great. There's a wide margin between the two. Is it, it am I right in my thinking there? You think this game is close? Where, where do you see this one lie? Yeah, I mean, you, you know, I've not been a big Purdue fan um, pretty much from yeah. midseason on. Um, I think the game yesterday was sloppy and disgusting. Um, but I'm not going to put the mush on on Eric. I, I'm just – I'm staying <laughs> I, 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 Like, I want to like, – like, seriously, Eric, I, I, I'm So just, you finally just, admit that you're a mush. Yeah, I, I, I'm biting the bullet for you here because honestly, my play here was Michigan State on the money line, but I'm I'm not touching it. I, I'll I'll let you get your win. I'm yeah, I'm nervous about this game. It's something weird about it, just because it it feels like I would just just want to jump in both hands on Michigan State, but I'm just gonna steer yeah. clear. I'm not gonna play with Purdue. I'm just gonna steer clear, and uh, and we'll root to see if uh, Eric can catch that money line there and get Michigan State home and into the Big Ten. Final, which will be tomorrow at, I think, 3.30 p.m. Eastern time. That'll be one of the games that we discuss tomorrow. Let's get to the ACC, fellas. Uh, where are we headed in the ACC? We're heading to Duke 
and Vatek. So last night we had this game that opened up. Uh, it was in the sixth range or so. Um, right now, what are we seeing on? And as we look up at Nitro, yeah, we're still seeing Duke minus six over under 136 and a half. So uh, the only real movement from last night is that this number has trickled down from the 138 and a half down. Cause a lot of times I'll, uh, lock in the opening numbers. I like to get an idea to see how they move or if they've moved from last night when I plug them in. Leo, let's start with you here. Duke has been, I guess, a little underwhelming in their in their victory so far, in my opinion, at least. Like I, I just haven't been all that high on them throughout the year. Off, like you, you sort of know what you're going to get from Duke, right? Offensively, yeah, they can be really, really good. And you, I think we've seen it in their two games where it seems like they'll have like one really good half and then one half that's not that great but they're probably just a little bit better than the teams they play. So they're able to get by them. It might be the situation again today, right? They're, they're probably a lot better than their opponent. And I don't know if that means they cover or not, but they could still play like a C version of their game and get by. I just, this is a team that I definitely am not going to have in the final four. I can tell you that like, no, like looking at my bracket right now, they're not going to be going that deep for me. Maybe one yep. weekend, like the first two, but do you think Vautech has a shot today to, uh, to beat the Blue Devils. I actually do. I, yeah. I, I'm taking Virginia Tech here with the points. I'm going to take them on the money line. Uh, Virginia Tech's playing for their lives right now. Like, I don't think that they're banking on the committee putting mm. them in. Even after that North Carolina win, they're playing well. More importantly, we know that, like, Duke can struggle from deep. Virginia Tech just held North Carolina at 3 of 26 shooting from deep last night. They're playing well on both ends of the floor. I mean, Virginia Tech shooting the lights out. They've shot uh, 45% in the last game as well. I'm looking at this Vitek team. It feels like they're starting to get things together. And you know what? The public is going to be all over Duke here. And in the heavily bet games, I always want to try fade the public. And this seems like a pretty good spot to do it. Leo, uh, just uh, to kind of piggyback on a stat that you were mentioning, the Vir- Virginia Tech is one of the best teams in the nation when it comes to three-point shooting. Their three-point percentage is almost 40. They shoot over 39%. They are ranked fourth in the nation from three they can light it up they can get really really hot from three eric uh tech i think did you you have them locked in to win the tournament yeah like when we talked on your show i gave them about 14 to one um you know i said on thursday this team was due for some positive shooting regression because i kind of limped to the finish um and they're shooting great. They're shooting 42% from three. Duke kind of struggles defending the three-pointer. Um, teams in the tournament are shooting 40% for them. And let's face it, Q's and Miami aren't as good three-point shooting as um, Vatek is. Uh, I'm not worried about the multiple games in a row just because Virginia Tech plays at such a slow pace. They're not looking to get up and down the floor, so I'm really not worried about that angle. And it's and, interesting. Um, their team shoots a lot, right? They're not yeah. a run up and down. They're, yeah, they they're like in between the, the get, numbers. Yeah, yep, get, get the three-point shot. I love Vatek here. I locked him at six. I'm not playing the money line because I'm standing on the 14 to one. Yeah, you don't need that to. That wouldn't make sense. Um, and also, like, as gamblers, we need to remember these are 18 to 21-year-old kids. And they this Duke team has all the pressure on the world on them with it being Coach K's last season. Um, and that kind of showed up in the North Carolina game. And it's kind of showed up in this tournament because they have not looked games, great in any of their games. No, they're not sharp. And on it, like, it's it's a lot of things weighing in on them. I do think that that game against North Carolina is still sitting with them. 
that mm-hmm. like that was what happened the last game at home for Coach K. They got their asses kicked that day. And I wonder, um, so where do we sit with uh, with Duke right now, Biho? You know, credit to me. I, I had Syracuse covering. <laughs> I had Miami covering um, against Duke. I, look, Virginia Tech's been a cute story. They've played well. They dominated North Carolina yesterday. I mean, you, you can't say anything but that. Now we're now we're talking four games in four good days, guys. Like this is a whole nother level. Um, I think Duke's a little deeper and will have a little bit fresher legs. And at the end of the day, I just can't can't take Virginia Tech in the points here. I'm taking Duke. This is one of those chalk future bets that we all should have played for a lot of money because we know Duke's going to win this thing. So I'm rolling with the Blue Devils one time. Vautech got through Clemson, Notre Dame, North Carolina along their way. Duke struggled with Syracuse in a game that they very easily could have lost. Miami kept it close through a lot of that game too, but Duke sort of wore them down and pulled away late. So that's your ACC men's ask. Let me ask you guys one thing, too, because I was looking it up when when you all were talking about if they're in or not. So I'm looking at Lenardi's latest latest bracket. They're the first team out. So the teams in front of them that are the last four in, Wyoming, Michigan, SMU, Xavier. Michigan's out. Xavier's out. Is Wyoming still playing? They lost. No, they lost last night. They lost. So they've lost. And SMU plays Memphis today? Correct. Yep. So yep. if 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 Memphis beats SMU, does that put Virginia Tech in? Regardless, probably. as long as they don't get blown out. Yeah, probably. Probably like with a good game here. The the pro the only issue for Vautech that they had was their wins weren't all that great. You yeah. know, like they stacked up wins, but they didn't like compare them to a team like Indiana, who's got two bubble wins against teams that were in the tournament, probably, right? They beat Michigan, who was also on the bubble, and then they beat Illinois versus a team like Vautech, who went through Clemson, Notre Dame, who was probably right on the outside or, you know, right towards the bottom of the, the tournament, and then North Carolina, yeah. who just just played themselves in. So, yeah, this would be huge. Like a win against Duke. I, I, oh, a win against Duke, I think they're 100% in. I mean, obviously, this is the conference final, but if this was the semifinal – beating Duke would have got them in, right? Like we're saying, like they're going to get the yeah, auto yeah. bid if they win, but from just a like, <laughs> from just a who do you beat thing, oh, this, well. would have, this would have been the game to get them in regardless. Yeah, <laughs> I no, wasn't even thinking of the auto win. No so, shit. Took me a second. I'm like, wait, wait a minute. Do we change rules over now? What the fuck are no, we talking no about? Sh- it's like, well, I don't know. They they did in the A-Sun. That's so. gonna right, yeah. They're like, okay, uh, let's get to the Big East, fellas. Let's get to our Big East final We've got Villanova and Creighton here. This game is now ticked up a tad. Villanova is a seven-point favorite here over under in this one, 128. So let's start with you, Biho. Villanova, Creighton, do you have any plays in this game? Uh, I don't solely because, I, I, you know, I told you guys I locked Villanova in to win at plus 160 before the tournament. So there's no reason for me to do anything with this game other than hopefully collect that money at the end of it. Yep. Uh, okay, Eric. So, what uh, what are you looking at for this game to for, to win the Big East? 
I have no play right now. It's really hard for me to do anything because we really don't know the status of Eric Dixon, the center from Villanova. He's bat he's been battling an illness. And that's the one area that Nova really lacks is depth at the center position. If he can't go, that's going to force Samuel to switch over. And Creighton's got that seven-foot dude whose name I'm not even going to pronounce because I'll just butcher it. But that's going to be a <laughs> distinct advantage for Creighton. On the flip side of that, Creighton's 304th turning over the ball in the nation. Is this the game where not having that part in a tournament setting really shows up? Because Villanova is great at turning over the ball. I'm sitting this one out, but if Dixon doesn't go, I'm going to be really tempted to take Creighton plus the, plus the points. Leo, what are you thinking about in the Big East final? God damn it, Eric. I was banking on you here. I was banking on you to give me a reason to bet on Creighton here. Like, I really want to take Creighton after the way they looked yesterday because we've talked about it. Providence has had a horseshoe up their ass all year, but that's also a pretty decent team. They're going against Villanova, who they beat earlier this year, and then they got their ass kicked by them. They're playing well. They dominated Marquette in the first round. Like, I want a reason to bet Creighton, but I think Villanova's starting to, like, creep into one of those teams that I think can actually win the whole thing if they get the right draw. Ah, man. What's the line at right now? Seven. Seven. Yeah, seven's enough to get me in. Seven is enough to get me in. I'm going to take Creighton in the seven points here. I think so, too. One thing that's a little bit scary about uh, Villanova, just from playing against them down the stretch, I think they're the best free-throw shooting team in the country. Mm. The absolute best. So, you know, when you're in those close games or when, you you know, you, you, know, you foul them, you're like, ah, crap. Here comes two auto free throws. I think they they shoot like over 80% as a team, which is pretty nuts. So It's the worst. I hate the right. late game free throws. Like this right. almost happened to me last night with your I know. team, Gino. I, know, I, ended so live taking, I ended up live taking USC at plus 10 and a half. And then they're down by 10 with 20 seconds left. Um, UCLA has the ball. And so Bozo from USC is going to foul. And thankfully the referee's like, what the fuck are you doing? Dude? They the just game's it, I was going to say, they just let it go. Shout out to that ref. It was late. He wanted to get home. Whoa, 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 whoa. Time out. Time out. Leo, this is the same thing you were complaining about yesterday, but the opposite side of it. He was on the right side. Stop falling. Kids, I understand. You want to prolong your careers. It's okay. You want to prolong your time in the tournament. Understand that people have money on these games and stop fucking falling when the game's over. Well, I think what. And what was nice about it from the USC standpoint was USC at least knew they were in the tournament right next week. They were not yeah. like a bubble team that's like dying for the last 30 seconds on the court. Cause sometimes you see those teams where it's like, it dawns on them now that their season's done and then they start yeah. to keep fouling cause they just want to hope for some sort of a miracle. But yeah, that was, that might've helped you out in there in that situation last night. So that's the big East Villanova. A seven-point favorite in the Big East final against Creighton over under 129. Both of these teams should be in the uh, NCAA tournament. Villanova sort of quietly – I don't think they get up to a one line, but they, they've they quietly moved up quite a bit over the last few days with, you know, just think about Auburn losing, Baylor losing, some of those teams around that might have been kind of projected for higher spots. And what's nice for Villanova too – one of their losses earlier in the year to UCLA starting to look a little bit better. UCLA went through a lull a, a few weeks ago where it looked like they may not be that great. And then UCLA has kind of kicked it back in now and they've had a good last few weeks. I think they've won eight of their last nine. So their, uh, mer- their metrics get even better Villanova because they played such a tough schedule this year. They, they have really, really good advanced metrics when we will talk next week about them and a lot of their 
Ken Palm strength of schedule, their quad ones and quad twos and all that stuff. That's in the Big East. We head to the Big 12, and we have a, a good, really good championship game here between Kansas and Texas Tech. So you've had the Big 12 boycott most of the year, Beho. What about for the Big 12 championship? That was actually like a Big 9 championship. We got to be honest. <laughs> Rock, Chalk, <laughs> I'm I'm rolling Kansas in here. Again, Leo, I'd like to remind you that I tried to tell you that Texas Tech was the dark horse in the Big 12 to, to win it. I, I know they're in the finals. I, I'm taking Kansas here. Two points. I have to. I've got to I've got to hedge that Texas Tech future just a hair. It's you crazy. know what, Biho? It's time to give you a little bit of credit. Sorry, Gino. Go ahead. Uh, you know, I'm gonna make an executive decision here. All right. We got a public prop on this game. It's going to be Texas Tech to nice. win this game outright. I, like I think Beho's actually right. We're going to give away, what do you think, Beho? 250 bucks Nitro Cash? Let's do yeah, it. Yeah, let's do it. 250 yeah. Let's do it. $250 if Beho's future is actually right. I actually like Texas Tech in this game. Yeah. Uh, when they played Kansas last time, it was a crazy game. It goes 94-91. It will not be that high scoring. Again, Texas Tech will slow it down. Texas Tech is actually playing really well right now, to my surprise. Um and, you know, they beat Kansas earlier this year as well. Honestly, they kind of dominated Kansas in that win, too. I know it was only eight points, but they looked really good. I have a really good feeling on Texas Tech. And you know what? BTV is going to back me up. We're going to give away $250 if the Red Raiders win this game. Eric, Texas Tech is one of those type of teams that I don't like to play a lot when they're a big favorite and when they're laying a lot of points. But I believe they have on adjusted efficiency – the number one ranked defense in the country. And so they're the type of team that I like to play as a dog. And now this has crept up. This It opened up at right around a pick em last night. Now it's up to two and a half. If you like Texas Tech, that's not a bad number to try to sprinkle in a little money line. Like you can catch Texas Tech right now at around plus 120. Are you there or are you on the Kansas side? It's an interesting matchup, conflicting styles. Like you guys said, Kansas was going to look to get up and down the floor. Texas Tech's going to look to kind of slow it down. But the game yesterday was kind of like my issue with Texas Tech. You know, first half came out guns blazing, 67% from three, 70% from the field goal from the floor. And then the second half, they scored 19 points um, and almost lost. The Oklahoma came down to a last-second shot with Oklahoma turning the ball over 18 times and shooting 26% from the floor. I just don't trust Kansas Tech offensive. Texas Tech, Texas Tech offensively. New Big 12 I, school. Yeah, <laughs> Texas Tech offensively. I They're up to 10 now. closer to 12. We'll just start yeah. adding bogus-ass schools <laughs> to them until they actually have 12. I was going to say, Kansas Tech sounds like where they Kansas learn Tech. how to count. That would be a good school. Right. Um, Maybe no. we should start our own school. You know, we can do that. BTVU. Yeah, the Big 12 executive, they, they took math at Kansas Tech. That's where they got the Big 12, then the nine teams and everything. So, uh. and one, one more thing, Kansas has, got, has a huge advantage on the glass inside. I mean, I definitely look at rebound. Huge. I look at three throw shooting. Uh, that's why I like Kansas here. I laid the one and a half. Kansas for Can I Eric? mention something about Kansas, too? Since I always talk about Cockburn and, and I learned, you know, phonics, um, that brown kid's name is Braun, and he needs to <laughs> figure that out. Like, his name is yeah. not Brown. Phonics yeah. says it's Braun. Stop Braun, it, kid. Braun Breaker, <laughs> Braun Strowman, uh, Braun from Game of Thrones. There have been a lot of uh, 
good recent bronze out there in the yeah. world. Um, <laughs> Leo, are you you're on the Texas Tech side too in the Big Twelve, right? We're, and that's going to be for the pro- yeah, public man. pop. Let's do it. Public Let's prop. All you guys got to do, we're going to send out a tweet. Um, it'll have a fancy little graphic attached. What we're going to do, just retweet it. Make sure you guys follow at BTV Bets, which you should already do. And we're going to pick somebody right before the game. Give away 250 bucks when Texas Tech shocks Kansas tonight. And, and by fancy graphic, he means this show for them to retweet. Yeah, yeah. And you, you, if you're watching us and you see uh, we put out the free public prop, I mean, heck – Anytime any site puts out something that's free, jump on it. Take advantage of it. Like that's the best way to build your bankroll. If you have an opportunity to win some money for doing not a whole lot or for a free entry or for just making a selection, go for it. That is the best way to build your bankroll because you you know you're going to lose some money sometimes with some of the bets. That will even things out for you. Take your free swings when you have an opportunity as we swing our way over to the SCC. We have Two games today in the SEC as four teams remain. And, you know, we've talked about uh, Texas A&M. First game, Texas A&M and Arkansas. And I've kind of talked a little bit about Arkansas recently about how I feel like they've kind of got a little bit lucky in the way things have just sort of bounced for them. And this is another situation where they're catching a team that's hot, but – you know, they didn't play Auburn on the road this year. They didn't have to play at Kentucky. And there's another situation where they don't have to play Auburn here. And so, you know, could they lose this game? Absolutely. But we could look back in a week or two and Arkansas could have a very high seed in the NCAA tournament. And when you dig into their last few weeks, you might be able to find some holes and you might be able to really, um, you know, poke some some holes there. So let's start with you, Eric. Texas A&M. Arkansas, this game opened last night at around six and a half, one thirty-eight and a half. I'm going to pull up where we are right now, but tell us what your thoughts are on this game. This game is a pass for me. I mean, Texas A&M, you know, they're on a magical run. They're playing great. I thought for sure they're going to blow that game against Florida, but somehow they snuck it out. Um, Look, great against Auburn, but all of us have kind of said Auburn is like a paper lion when they have to play on the road. But this is a team because it is their third date third game in three nights and they really don't have any depth they had three guys last night that played over 33 minutes going against that tough arkansas defense which is going to get up in their face i think they're going to struggle here but on the flip side why i'm not taking arkansas arkansas is due from some for some regression they're due for that game where they completely shit the bed excuse my language so because of that i'm just kind of staying away from it yeah another instance where yesterday arkansas was playing so bad in the first half but they were very lucky because LSU was playing equally as bad. And it, and it wasn't like, and you got to be careful when you just look at numbers of things. This is why we always talk about specifics that happen in the games. It's why Brian was mentioning watching the games. It's why when we go through uh, NFL stuff, Eric and I will always point out when we rewatch the games, things that happen because you will see things in the box score that show up, but you, you can't really notice like that. W- LSU wasn't missing shots because of good Arkansas defense. They were just missing shots. That's just wide open shots. Now, again, I'm not like things can happen three or four or five times in a row and it's not the biggest sample size. So you got to be careful where, you know, maybe one, one or two team look a little bit better. I wouldn't be laying the points with Arkansas, but I kind of agree with Eric in that I'm a little worried about Texas A&M at this point with things starting to catch up for them. Leo, they had to play Florida. 
Then they had to play Auburn. Now they have to deal with Arkansas here. Can Texas Tech, Texas A&M do it again? I'm kind of leaning toward, yeah. I'm going to take them plus to six and a half here. Yeah, Arkansas, I wouldn't lay it, lay it for sure. Yeah, no, I, I just don't trust Arkansas. After watching them yesterday, I know that they beat up LSU, but in reality, that team did not shoot well. Neither team could hit a freaking shot. Uh, A&M is playing really well right now. I mean, they looked really good for about, what, 37 minutes of that game against Auburn yesterday before they started the choke. Um, I'm looking at it, and you know what? I, Yeah, I'm not getting fancy with it. I'm taking the six and a half with the Aggies. B.O., I think there were like two times early in the game where the big man for uh, for Arkansas – like tried to say step his up. name. It's Jalen Williams. He tried to step up and take a charge, and they just didn't call it. And he, like, tripped over and sort of, like, fell. And I was th- I was thinking about you while that was happening. I just want you to know that. <laughs> well, well, Gino, I mean, again, I, I, I always tell you guys, like, especially in matchups with Arkansas, the officiating crew plays a big factor into it. Unfortunately for Arkansas, or well, actually probably unfortunate for Arkansas, even though they did win, they didn't have the Doug Shell, Doug Shells, Patch Adams. Um, yes, I call him Patch Adams because he's a clown. Um, <laughs> in their game, we had him in the Kentucky Vanderbilt game last night. So those guys love to call charges. Um, so yeah, it, it was. Uh, look, man, I gotta be honest with you. I'm really disappointed in the way LSU played yesterday. Me too. Yeah. I, dude, they had every opportunity. They came in with the chip on their shoulder after that loss at Arkansas, which they were basically just – it was stolen from them. Yeah. They didn't lose it. It was stolen. Um, and they just came out and laid an egg. And, yeah. and they looked like they didn't know what they needed to do on offense, defense. Everything was just. Was just I think poor. it was like a 10-0 run at the end of the right right away to start the second half, and they just got hit in the mouth, and they just didn't punch them back. Well, you know what really and really hurt them too, and like I, I think Will Wade and and Jerry Stackhouse as well did this yesterday. I think they got technicals at very inopportune moments. Like you have to realize when's a good time to get a technical. Is it going to be a catalyst, bad time, or is it going to get your team a little? Because if you remember, LSU was winning that game by five or six points late in the first half. Yep. Arkansas went on a little run. Wade loses his mind. Next thing you know, they're down at the half. Mm -hmm. Well, now Arkansas feels great. They didn't cover in the first half because of it. Yeah, yeah, And, and so. That it, it was just that was frustrating. Um, I'm sure to a lot of gamblers, Leo included, I heard from him about it. Uh, and, and then the second half, they were just uninspired. Um, unacceptable from them. Texas AM is scrappy as hell. They're still in the next four outline. They have to win this game and maybe win the whole damn thing. I don't know if if a finals appearance would would get them in, especially since we don't know how much the committee put stock in Sunday. So I, I don't know. Um, I still think Arkansas is the better team here, and it's not close. I think that Texas A&M is going to try to slow the game down. But, you know, again, they're pl- this is their third or fourth game in three days. Like, they're, they're going to be tired from playing the hellacious defense they've been playing. I'm going Arkansas here. I'm, I'm laying – I got it at five and a half. I laid five and a half, and that's where I'm going. There, there was a – 
Tom's I went to Tom Segura concert a few uh concert uh, a comedy show a few weeks ago and, and so we've been listening to some more of uh of, of Tom Segura stuff as of late and he's got this, he's got this one little like part where he he talks about he, he starts ripping on Louisiana and like the whole state of Louisiana and so people people <laughs> people like sent in a bunch of emails and like come on Tom don't rip on our state don't do this to us and so of course like he's a comedian right he's gonna dig into them even more and more and more and so he started with he just started laying into our He's like, the only thing that Louisiana's got really is that they're not Arkansas. And then he just quit. He just quit. <laughs> it was just so funny though, because right now that's what I've been thinking the last few weeks. Like he was talking about how he was getting hundreds of thousands of emails from all these people in the state of Louisiana. And they just wanted to shut up and don't do this. And don't do that. He goes, you know what? At least you're not Arkansas. And that was just what I thought right now. It just made me laugh as we yeah, move along. Yeah, well, it's funny you say stuff like that because I think we all can can laugh at our own fan base a little bit. I mean, we've got some major characters over here in Big Blue Nation, and you know, Laker fan. You know what I mean? Like Carrie and I, my my wife and I do the podcast Married to the Game. We cut an episode last night. It's up on uh, all your places you get podcasts, and we got into that about how. People watching at the SEC tournament for Kentucky fans, like or looking at the Kentucky fans, is great because a lot of the um, lower income rural areas, that's their vacation for the year. Yeah. They save up to go to that because they can't afford to come up to Lexington and watch games. So you see some shit down there. You yep. see some shit. And, and you just got to laugh. <laughs> You just got to roll with the punches as we roll on over to the other SCC semifinal. I want to thank everyone out there for hanging out with us all week long. Don't forget, we'll be back with you tomorrow morning again for another morning edition of Cutting Nets at 10 a.m. Eastern time. We won't have as many games to discuss tomorrow, just a few championship games. And then we will have, if you're an NBA fan, a little later on in the day, we'll have our NBA show with Eric and with Kyle. We will preview the big NBA game uh, tomorrow. What's the main game tomorrow, Eric? Do we know? Look that up for me if you can real quick so we can uh, just mention it. And then we'll go through a few others that are on the uh, the Sunday NBA slate. And then later in the day, we're going to have uh, an instant reaction to the brackets, to Selection Sunday. But we're not going to go deep into the brackets then. We're just going to kind of talk about what jumps out to us. Later in the week, we'll have a full bracket breakdown. And then all next week, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, those first four days of the tournament, we will be with you again early in the morning, 10 a.m. Eastern time. We'll take you through everything happening next Thursday, 16 games. Next Friday, 16 games. Then Saturday and Sunday, there will be eight games. Today, I think we've got 24 games on the slate, so a ton of college basketball that still remains. What's the main game tomorrow, Eric? Mavs Oh, that's Not a cool Mavs game. Those two teams are both two of the hotter teams in the NBA right now. They're both yeah. playing really, really well, and they're kind of sneaky teams. Leo's got a big smile on his face right now because the Boston Celtics are uh, defensively just playing really, really well. You're damn right they are, baby. Yeah. And Jason hey, Tatum's Leo, a superstar. Leo, you know, does Greg need to talk positively that, about Boston? Does that kid uh, play for you all, the, the kid from Tennessee, Greg Williams? Grant Williams, right? Yeah. Grant Williams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He started nailing threes like crazy. But but does he? I mean, he's on that team, right? He's in the rotation. Yeah. Does yep. does he still flop like a little bitch? <laughs> That's more Marcus Smart's job. 
Yeah. But, okay. Yeah. I was just curious if he ever grew up. Uh, no. We know how Bho is with his with his flops. Bho, uh, no flop, no flipping or flopping today in this Kentucky Tennessee game. Credit credit to me, and Leo can attest to this. Ty Ty Washington tried to take a charge yesterday, and I ripped his ass. You're consistent. I will give you that. You're consistent with that take. It doesn't matter if it's from Kentucky or not. That's just not the way you want to see your round ball being played. Um, what do you think about this matchup today for Kentucky Tennessee? Kate's by ninety. Kate's by ninety. So. So, uh, honestly, let me get into it a little bit. So, the Vanderbilt game yesterday I thought was just a ho-hum game. I think uh, we knew we were better than them and just kind of, you know, sometimes that first game you just don't play your best. Um, what really irritated me is I don't think we got the ball to Shibway enough down in the post uh, for a majority of that game. And when he did get it down in the post, all he did was dominate. I will look I look for that to be a major emphasis today. I'm sure Cal's telling them this is not okay. I've heard Cal before tell people if they pass the ball to Oscar outside the post, they're coming out. And if they don't pass it to him while he's in the post, they're coming out. So um I, I look for him to be a major, major, major factor today. And I know that's not saying a lot. He is the best player in the country, gonna win the player of the year award. Um this is going to be a hell of a game, Gino. I, I do not – look, I, I'm going to be honest with you. This game could go either way. Um, I'm taking I'm taking Kentucky minus the three. I'm pulling my ass off for the Cats, but this is not going to be easy. Rick Barnes and Cal are good buddies, and they know each other's teams like the back of their hands. This is going to be an incredible thing. The reason I would give the slight edge to Kentucky is that'll be a home game in Tampa. So That arena – is going to be packed with blue more than it is orange. It should be an amazing. This game should be the final. So I, I got to be careful because when I reference Ken Palm, I know Eric's going to try to like bend me over and and uh, and stick it mm -hmm. in me when I when I talk about Ken Palm. But it's like it like any site or any metric, you have to use it for what it is. You don't just like I'm never a fan of like you know football. We reference DVOA and stuff a lot of the time. But I think if you just go in and you're just looking at like. The, the rankings and you go, oh, this team has got a, a better DVOA. I'm going to pick them. I think you're going to be in trouble. You know, you use everything for what it's worth. You take the information and how do you, um, how do you interpret it? What I like about, um, you know, and, and I'm just joking. I know Erica's just giving me shit about it, but what's cool. What Ken Palm does is they have a thrill. Um, they're called the thrill rankings and they give all of the games, every um, every day that they're you know they'll go through the entire slate and they'll rank them based on the excitement how exciting is this game supposed to be compared to all the other games on the card what's the thrill score and the two games that we have uh the final two games that we're going to talk about are actually the one and two on the thrill score today with kentucky tennessee and then arizona ucla because these are two really cool games and two teams when you just look at a lot of their metrics they're extremely efficient. Kentucky is one of the best teams in the country, just overall efficiency. They're very good on offense. They're very good on defense. And when you look at uh, Tennessee, they're the type of team that can be a little bit more Jekyll and Hyde. So, Eric, what do you think uh, about the second of these SEC semifinals today? Um, you know, anyone that has watched this knows what I think about Tennessee elite defense, but they go through these stretches where they just can't score. And that's why I'm taking Kentucky here. Uh, they have a huge advantage inside, like Brian was talking about. 
also a huge advantage on the glass. She weighed like seven, eight offensive rebounds last time they played. And also in the backcourt, uh, Washington's finally healthy. He's finally 100% healthy. He's looking a lot better out there. I got What a game he had yesterday. Yeah, yeah. I like I like Kentucky here a lot. I locked him in at two and a half. Yeah, it's scary. I don't want to say it too much because I don't want to get I don't want to get Beho too too over there oozing. I'll say it for you. I, I said last night on our podcast, if we get Ty Ty Washington like that, you ain't beating us. No, they're they're probably the team right now that I feel when I'm just kind of looking at who can make the deep run and why of the top teams, they feel like they have some real reasons why you can look in and go, okay. That makes sense why they lost some of those games. It makes sense why they had a little bit of lulls throughout their season when some of their players got hurt or where they were when they were missing key players. So I don't love doing it, Leo, because I don't want to get Beho floating up on air above all of us. But this Kentucky team is playing pretty well right now. And it's gonna happen win, no matter what, Gino. If they win this game and they get through the SEC, they're gonna be a pretty tough team if they're healthy next week. Last two games. Keeping it simple, these are the two best teams in the country. Kentucky, Kentucky, Kentucky. You guys, for every reason that you guys already talked about. There's no doubt. This one's a lock. So, uh, ah! Leo, Leo likes Kentucky, and he thinks that Arizona might be another one of the best teams in the country. They played very well without one of their key contributors last night. This is something that Beho actually thought. Um, he said they may be better without him. What's funny is that last time Arizona played UCLA – or Earlier in the year when Arizona played UCLA and lost, I think in that game, Kerr ended up going like 0 for 12 or 0 for 13. I mean, he literally was as big of a negative for them as you could have been. So tell us why you think Arizona is one of the best teams in the country and if you're going to be playing Arizona tonight, Leo. Love Arizona. I've been talking about them. They're extremely balanced. Uh, UCLA, I feel like they're still riding the coattails of what they did last year a little bit. Um I love what I see out of Arizona. I love the fact that they they don't have one superstar. They have four really talented top t- top notch players. They could beat you in more ways than one. And if Johnny Juzang doesn't go bananas, I think UCLA is going to have a really tough time tonight. Eric, uh, Arizona is another one of those teams that efficiency wise, they're really really good. I think their offensive efficiency is like the seventh in the in the nation. Their defensive is seventeenth. So they're very, very good field goal percentage. I mean, you look at a lot of their metrics, and they're pretty good. They don't really light it up from three. I guess if that's one thing that you can say about them, they're sort of uh, average to below average. I guess neither one of these teams are really like lighted up from three type of teams. Do you have any opinion tonight in the Pac-12 championship? Nah, I no play in this game. I mean, Arizona's going to be without Kerr, like you guys said. UCLA struggles from three. Zona does have a uh, – you know, distinctive rebounding advantage. But I'll be honest, I don't like either one of these teams. I hope to God they play Boise State the second round because that, oh, Boise State being both. Er- I love Eric. The only thing that I got to say about Eric is that he's just, uh, you know, he's got that East Coast bias. He's, you know, anything going well, on in the I, West Coast. I mean, technically I'm in the Midwest, so, so I mean, I guess there's some Midwest He's got the, mid- he's got the Midwest bias because he just rips my pack, my poor Pac-12 teams over and over again. But, uh. Now, I don't, I don't really have the strongest opinion in this game, but I do think it will be good I, as a Pac-12 fan, just sort of hoping that US, USC, UCLA, and Arizona win a game in the tournament and, and continue to play well for the conference. I like what I've been seeing from UCLA more as of late. I do think that last night's game against USC may have been a little bit more of USC not playing well, but the one real positive that UCLA has right now is Jaime Hawkes 
it looks like he's really rolling again. And, and that's the thing where in situations they could have the best player on the court now. And there were stretches throughout the year where Hawkes was hurt. He was, you know, he was banged up. He had a couple weeks where he, he was not getting into double digits. And then Juzang has been up and down. But if you know that you've got Hawkes at least, who's going to go out there and get you 20. And that mid-range game of his is nasty, Biho. He gets to that spot. He does the little turnaround. And he's someone who last year, he carried them through a couple rounds. Because what's nice with UCLA is, you know, defensively, they're really good. They're not going to turn the ball over a whole heck of a lot. So if they have that one guy that can get them like 20, that's someone that can keep them in the game. I don't know if they're a team that can win the national championship, but they're starting to kind of play with that template that worked well for them last year. Yeah. um, No, I I agree with all that. I, you know, again, I talked about it yesterday on the show about, I I think, Kirby Creasa is is the problem with Arizona. I, I know that sounds absurd, but I think when teams pressure him, he's a nightmare to have. And I, I just think this team is going to be better in the long run the more he's out. Speaking of Johnny Juzang, guys, and, and let's be honest here, Juzang had an incredible run last year and in the tournament and was just knocking down everything. Where's he been? Like, if you go back and look at his game log, he had 19 on February 17th. He's not scored over 10 points since then and scored under uh, 10 points three times. And if you, I mean, if you just go back, I mean, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. It's 12, 10, 7, 8. Like, it's, I, I don't know if the guy's hurt. I mean, I mean, you know what I'm saying? There could be a little, like, he could have a nagging ankle, you know, and it doesn't really show up. You don't hear about it, but something's not right with this shot right now. I can't trust Juzang. Look, I, I said I was going to wait and see on Arizona yesterday, and I didn't play him. Today, they're laying one and a half. I'm all over the Wildcats. Yeah, his turnover rate is skyrocketed. Uh, it's it's not good at all. Just something's uh, not right there right now. I don't know what it met- is. Yeah, like you look at a lot of his metrics too, just sort of like his offensive ratings and just the the usage numbers and yeah, it's just it's weird. That's why and watching them play game in game out as a Pac-12 guy, seeing Hawkeyes last night because there were a, a few weeks ago neither one of those guys was looking that great. Either one of them, and now all of a sudden you're like. This team looks super average right now, but but when you have Hawkins at least, and then Tiger Campbell gives you like a good college point guard game, you know he's not going to be someone that will win you games, but he can step up and and definitely be a good leader in spots. So that's the Pac-12 championship game tonight, fellas. When we uh, join uh, again tomorrow, we'll have the the last of some of the big conferences. We'll have I think tomorrow. Not nearly as big of a, a slate. Would I say about 14, 15 games, I think, uh, on the slate or so tomorrow. And we will be back here tomorrow at 10 a.m. Eastern time for the final, I guess, regular season. But we're in the conference tournament edition of Cutting Nets next week when we talk, fellas. Or, uh, you know, later on tomorrow when we talk, we're going to know what those brackets look like. It's, this is fun. Like tomorrow, even when you know your team is in, those few minutes when the brackets start to come out, they're a cool few minutes because you're always curious. Where do we sit? Who are we going to play? 
we did we get screwed who's on the outside looking in well, it's a lot of fun yeah like like you said man i mean as a kentucky fan obviously i know i know we're in the tournament i don't know yet what line we're going to be on i think we've got a, a path a clear path to a one seed yep. um I don't know how two Big 12 teams would ever hold on to two one seeds, but whatever. Um, and, you know, the bracketology I just looked at with Lenardi, it's Kansas is our one, Wisconsin's our three. Of all the teams in the world that we would have to play, like That's Wisconsin guys, really? <laughs> Man, I, I, I've been calling that for a while, especially with how Davis has looked right now. I like I don't like rooting for – matchups like Brian was talking about yesterday as a fan of a team it's always dangerous or to say I want to play that team right you just oh, never yeah, want, never you never want to say that but I can say that when you compare Wisconsin to other teams that are going to be around the three-ish range as a fan of a team that's probably going to be in the six or seven line I would not be all that terrified if Wisconsin was the three in that little quarter bracket you know oh, I'm I'm scared to death I would like, that's where I would like to see, I would love to see a Wisconsin team there or a Providence who we talked about last night, who, you know, we didn't think were, they were lucky and we kind of could smell that one coming a mile away. Oh, so but much. With so the much Providence money. thing though, like, you know, Brian and myself, we've been hammering Providence has been overrated, but we were doing that two months ago. Yep. We're at the point now where this is like, Everyone and their aunt is talking about it. I had some dude when I was walking the dog yesterday tell me about it. So we're at the point. There's going to be value on Providence in the first yeah, round well, because now might, everyone thinks they're overrated. They so might I mean, flip back the other way. And that's yeah. what Eric's talking about, too, is funny. It's always key. We'll have these conversations, and there will be narratives. But sometimes they impact the point spreads, and other times they don't. Like, if a narrative doesn't impact the line, then who cares? Right. But if, if something becomes a talking point and then it really impacts the betting line and you see numbers move or numbers are just shorter or much bigger than they should be because people are talking about Providence. But if Providence opens up next week and they're in a tricky spot and they're like a little overvalued seed and they're, you know, a 10 point favorite somewhere, that's when I'm probably trying to attack Providence. But if Providence wins a game or two and then maybe they're an underdog against someone that may be when you want to play Providence. So it all comes down like anything to value, right? It all comes down to attacking the numbers the right time. We're always going to do our best. We're going to share everything that's going on inside our minds right here with all of you. And before we get out of here, we want to remind everyone one more time, Brian, about uh, OldSmokeClothing.com. We've got the BTV collection over there. You can check out the Better Than Vegas. What's that shirt? What's that shirt say on it? It's awesome. What's our uh, our BTV? I, I don't bet. I win. I don't bet. I win. We're gonna do, try to do some winning today. And I think you did said that that promo code does still work, right? If you want to get a free shipping, you can use Geno. <laughs> yes, absolutely. How about that? Uh, I put I put the address down there at the bottom. Just go to that oldsmokeclothing.com slash BTV. Order the shirt. Order four, five, six of them. Uh, guess what? Free shipping if you use the code Gino somehow. It still works. That's so great. So awesome stuff. Old smoke clothing, real quality clothing there. And yeah, that promo code Gino, it'll save you five bucks on your shipping. So take that five bucks and uh, parlay it into something in March Madness. It's my gift right back to you, all of you there. Theo, good luck with your team today, buddy. Eric, good luck Thanks, in all man. of the wagers. And uh, Leo, my man, you crush it today. I know there's a lot of 
really awesome tennis going on too. So I'll, I'll maybe be uh, picking your brain. There's some really, really good matchups going on later today. I'm sure Leah will be paying attention to those for any of you tennis fans who are looking for some action. Thanks everyone. Have a good one. We'll be back here tomorrow. Tomorrow's morning show will probably be a lot shorter because we won't have as many games, but we will have two shows tomorrow because we'll be back following the brackets for an immediate instant reaction for selection Sunday. Woo! Selection. Our selection Sunday panel is going to be outrageous, by the way. Um, it'll right. be us four. I think Gentry may be here, hopefully, if he gets done in time. And uh, Leo and Nadu are just combining. They're not even doing a separate show. They're just coming right in here and spitting that fire. Let's Woo! continue on with all the great college basketball analysis this week. Good luck, everyone, and uh, we'll be back with you tomorrow morning. Do not go anywhere. Flip those notifications on for BTV Bets.